In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There really is a drastic difference between the classical understanding of what a family is and the modern understanding of what a family is. Let's start with the modern part. The modern family, what a family is, is an end to a means. It's putting up as much as you can. It's the idea of thinking about how much longer will these problems last? How much more could I put up with these problems? How much more could I deal with the situations that I have in my family? And just sort of trying to plow through that. Whereas a classical understanding, they don't really neglect the idea of problems because we all know every family has problems. There's always situations, there's things that happen, people get sick, financial problems, scandals in a family, things like that. But there was something much more in the classical mind of what a family was. It wasn't just an ends to a means. It was the idea of virtue in the family, where the husband works as hard as he can to make sure the wife becomes virtuous, and vice versa with the wife. And the same thing with the family, with the children. The children would respect anything to do out of virtue, not just out of mere blind obedience, but because they knew it was the right thing to do out of virtue for themselves and the family. Now, why do I say this? It's because just thinking that our family, all it is, is a ticking time, or the idea of, you know, how much longer am I going to be able to put up with this, that sort of gets exhausting. Because number one, problems always occur. That's inevitable. Things always happen. But there's, there's a certain way to deal with it. And, and if we don't have the right mindset of what a family truly is, then our souls are at stake. Because if we don't deal with it in the right way, we damage our souls through sin. Now, why am I mentioning this on the Feast of Epiphany, the Feast of the Baptism of Jesus? It's because I think the answer is in this Gospel. Because, okay, first things first, there's something very strange happening. Who gets baptized? Someone with original sin. Our parents brought us at church to a priest. The priest baptized us. We were rid of original sin. It was, it was wiped away. And now we go to confession after the fact. So what is Jesus doing in that line? And it's very clear. It says, people were in a line at the Jordan River, waiting to be baptized, confessing their sins, waiting to be baptized by John the Baptist. Okay, that's fine. But what is Jesus doing in the midst of them? Why is Jesus in that line? And remember, the baptism of Jesus, that's the beginning of his ministry. No one knew who he was yet. So he was just a random guy in line with everyone else. No one paid any attention. And there was Jesus in the middle of the line. And with that same thought, we know Jesus is the Son of God. He is divine. He is sinless. He is perfect. Why? It would sort of be a little empty and short to say, Oh, because he wanted us, he wanted it to be an example for us to also be baptized, things like that. That's okay, that's true. But there's something much deeper happening. And I think the answer to that is the end of his ministry, the cross. Jesus begins at baptism, his ministry, and he ends it at the cross. The cross was the end of his ministry. But where is the correlation between the two? 
Jesus intentionally wanted to begin his ministry around sinners. And he wanted to end his ministry around sinners. Jesus wasn't crucified alone on Golgotha. There were sinners to the left and to the right of him. And he wanted to end his ministry surrounded by sinners. And the reason why this is so significant is because the reason why we have such a misconstrued understanding of how to deal with our families is because we want them to be angels flying around the house and think they're perfect. That is not the case, I'm sorry. Our families are not the saints walking around our households and have to live up to our standards. And that is the example Jesus sets for us during his baptism, where he's surrounded by sinners, and it was okay for him to do that. And it was okay for him to be surrounded by sinners at the end of his ministry. Because through that sacrifice, he opened the doors of heaven to all of us. Now it's on us to think about how much more, not only could we deal with our families, because that's cheap, a family is not only there to deal with and make sure we're walking on eggshells and we're worried about doing this or doing that. The family is much more than that. It is us understanding that just like we are sinners, we are weak, so are our husbands and wives and children. We're all weak, we're all sinners. But do I have the mindset that Jesus had when he was surrounded by sinners? I am doing this so that we could attain heaven. Am I doing my job as a husband to make sure my wife is going to heaven? Am I doing my job as a wife to make sure my husband is going to heaven? And the same thing with the kids. Are parents doing what they can to make sure the children are going to heaven? Or is it just an end to a means? The answer to that, brothers and sisters, is everything that has to do with the status of our souls. God calls us to much more than to just be disappointed in our family members, than just grind our teeth and be anxious and walk on eggshells and ask ourselves, when are these problems going to end? The family is much more than that. And Jesus shows us that through his example. Let us renew ourselves to our families. Let us think about how much more we could become the face of Christ and our families, how much more we could love our families, how much more we can do to make sure our family, the members of our families are on the way to become saints. Because it's very easy in this world, in the modern mind, to do the opposite and drag the family down to hell. It's very easy to do that. It's much harder to lift them up and help them to become saints, but we can't do it alone. And God makes it possible for us through his grace, to be that shining light of grace in our families as much as we can. And it's not us, it's not up to us to make sure the other family member is receptive. Maybe they're not. And we can't force them to be receptive. But we could do our part and leave the rest to God. Amen.